Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more at fredericksdachurch.org. Now here's Robert Quintana with this week's message, Environment Matters. You know, tonight, starting at 7.30, we're going to have a little wrap-up of Vacation Bible School, and we encourage everyone to come out. You'll get a taste of what we did um, this week. We'll sing some songs. We'll see the slideshow, and there's going to be a few more skits. So we want to encourage everyone to come, the church to come out, of course, all the children uh, to come out. Even if you weren't here uh, throughout the week, come out tonight at 7.30. It'll be a good way to close um, the week. But we had such an awesome time. And I'll tell you, one of the things I love most about VBS is how we change the church. How how the church kind of goes through a little makeover, right? We change the atmosphere in here. We change the environment. You know why we do that? Because environment matters. And so because this program is dedicated to our children and we're trying to reach out to our young people and we're trying to convey these these eternal messages with them, we go all out. And so you see us changing the, the, the hallways, changing the chapel, changing the sanctuary, the gymnasium. We change it all because we want to appeal to their senses We want them to enjoy the music. We want them to use their hands, you know, arts and crafts. And so we we do so much to change the environment. You know why? Because environment matters. It does. The environment that we live in matters. You know, there was a study that was done not too long ago about the broken window effect. Maybe you've heard of this study. You can Google broken window and read up on this study that was done several years back. And and these two guys, they got together and, and they did this sociological study where they took a broken window of a building and they they studied it, and their conclusion was that if you don't fix that window, that it only leads to more broken windows. Someone sees the broken window and they say, oh, that must be an abandoned building. And so it creates within the people seeing that broken window, maybe an urge to break another window. You know, I have to admit that as a little kid, I did that once. There was an abandoned building and there was a fence and and it wasn't too far, maybe 20, 30 yards away. This building had all these broken windows on it. And I remember as a kid, going, man, look at that window right up there in the corner that's not broken. And bending over, picking up a rock and trying to nail that window in the corner. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to see it, I never did manage to get the rock far enough to break that window. But there's an effect. And they studied graffiti. And and they studied this phenomenon that if, if you're living in an environment that is destructive... If you are living in an environment that maybe shows anger by cursing or shows anger by by speaking down to people, if you grow up in that kind of environment, guess what? It affects you and that is how you will then grow up to create that same environment around you. You know what? Environment matters. There are big cities all across America. Detroit. Portland and Atlanta, only to mention a few. Toronto is in this as well. 
where they have started to pipe in classical music to their transit stations, their subway system, and their bus stops. They've started to pipe through classical music because what they're noticing is that when you change the environment, as simply by changing the music that is being played in the background, the crime rate starts to drop. London did this in 2003. And in the first 18 months of this project, of this study, crime dropped by over 30% in their subway systems only by piping in classical music. Environment matters. If you've been to a hospital lately, man, I remember not too long ago going to a hospital and I walked in and I said to myself, man, this is a pretty nice hospital. I wouldn't mind coming here to this hospital. They've painted the walls nicely. Studies have been done on the effect that color can have on an individual. And so they study these colors and, and they put these colors in the hallways of hospitals that reduce stress and make people feel better. Environment matters. I want to share with you a passage in Scripture that's found in the book of Hebrews. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to our scripture reading of today, Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And it says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the approaching day. Now, for you to really appreciate this verse, I need to tell you a little bit of a background to the book of Hebrews. There's a big debate as to who wrote the book of Hebrews. Most scholars believe that it was the Apostle Paul. But there are a lot of people that don't buy into that or they just say, you know, it's anonymous. We really don't know who wrote the book of of Hebrews. But I kind of tend to believe that it was. Some of the arguments that they use to say that it wasn't Paul is that when you read through the book of of Hebrews, it's so much different um, than the other books that he wrote. And so they say, well, that, that wasn't Paul's style. It's completely different, but I just feel as though Paul was really just, there's actually a lot of evidence to support why it was Paul, but you know, Paul was just writing in a different context, he had a different message to give, and he was writing to a different people, and so I kind of tend to believe it it was Paul, but, but it really doesn't matter. What you can say is that the book of Hebrews was written during a time of a lot of distress in Israel. In fact, the book of Hebrews was written right before 70 AD, the destruction of Jerusalem. And so there was a lot of persecution taking place during that time on different levels to certain degrees. There was a lot of persecution taking place within the Christian community during that time. And the book of Hebrews is an amazing book. I really do challenge you to read through this book because the author of the book of Hebrews makes such a compelling argument why Jesus is the only thing that matters 
in life. He goes on to say at one point, he argues how Jesus is better than the angels because the angels worship Jesus. At one point, he argues that Jesus is better than Moses because Jesus created Moses. At one point, he argues how Jesus is better than the law because in him we find the new covenant that, that helps us to keep the law. At another point, he argues how, how Jesus is better than the, than the priesthood, the, the Aaronic um, priesthood, because now through Christ and his sacrifice is the priesthood of all believers. And so the author of the book of Hebrews is making this really strong case that Jesus is the only thing that matters in life. Now, I know that as Christians, we often say that, but we live out quite differently. You know, as Christians, we say, well, yeah, of course, Jesus is the only thing that matters. And, and yes, I know that in his word, in, in the word that he's given us, he's instructed me that I need to live out one, two, three, and, and I, need, I need to live out A, B, and C. But in our practice, we do something completely different. And so sometimes we we convince ourselves of living a certain way when in reality the fruits that we are showing forth is quite different. But here, the author of Hebrews is saying, listen, Jesus is the most important thing. He is more important than anything you can ever possibly dream of pursuing in life. And so he tells us here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And then he says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now, there's a lot of reasons why he might have said this. One might be because of the persecution that's taking place. One of those reasons might be because of the pressure of being a Christian of the day was taking, the toll that it was taking. And as a result, there were some Christians that were saying, you know what, that's not for me. You know what, I don't need that. You know what, that hassle, that stress, it, it's just not for me. So I'm just not going to assemble or meet with like-minded believers with other Christians. Now, you need to understand that back then, They didn't meet and gather in churches like this. No, they met in in home groups. And so they were neglecting going to the homes and meeting together and studying together, praying together, exhorting one another, building one another up. And there are many reasons for that. Maybe one of those was because of the persecution that was taking place. Maybe another reason might have been them saying, you know what? I think I figured it out. I think I have a better plan. You know what? I think I'm not quite sure that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and you know what? I'm going to experiment, and I'm going to go down this road. And, and yeah, I know it's contrary to what the Word says, to what the Scripture says, to what my Christian friends are telling me. I know it's contrary to that, but I think I have the answers, and so I'm going to go my separate ways. You know what the Bible tells us. For those of us that kind of have that attitude, right? That there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the way of it leads to death. You see, with the problem with going after worldly 
worldviews. The, the problem with going after things of the world is that though they might bring immediate gratification or, or what we might define as happiness and joy and peace and, and what we might define at the time as purpose, the problem with chasing the things of the world is that they will eventually lead to a dead end. They will eventually leave you empty wanting more. And we see this time and time again, don't we? And maybe you've been a victim of this, where you thought you had it figured out, where you thought, you know, the church isn't for me. You know, that this Christian stuff, this Christ thing, well, well that's not for me. And, and maybe you've been a victim of this way of thinking and you've left the church. And years later, after one broken relationship, after the next, after all this stress and heartache, after feeling empty and depressed and, and, and you thought that this was going to bring you joy and happiness and peace, you thought it was going to bring you purpose, here you are now 15, 20 years later coming back to the church saying, you know, what my mom used to talk to me about something that had eternal value. You know what? I, I remember the pastor saying something about how Jesus Christ can be everything to you. And this is the argument that the author of the book of Hebrews is saying is that Jesus is everything. You don't need to experiment. You don't need to go out. You don't need to go looking for anything else because anything in the world is of a temporal nature. Anything out in the world will eventually leave you hurting and empty and desiring for more. And the only place you're going to find true happiness, the only place you're going to find true fulfillment, true purpose in life, the only place you're going to find that peace that surpasses all understanding is in that covenant relationship with Christ, thriving in a Christian community. Now, he says here in verse 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Why do you think that the author of Hebrews says this? Why do you think he says to us, he instructs us, he counsels us, don't neglect, don't forget, don't run away from the assembling together? Why do you think he says that? Yeah, I gave you the answer at the beginning. Because environment matters. You see, my friends, the environment that we surround ourselves in matters. You know, my father used to always say to me, tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are. Now, I understand, you know, that, that Jesus was a friend of sinners. And, and, you know, I know that there's a lesson to be learned there. But, but that's a lesson in a different context. But you and I know that the people we surround ourselves with or the environment that we surround ourselves with will have profound effects in who we are or how we act or even how we talk. It will have a profound effect on how we dress or how we go about purchasing things in life. You know, just having spent one week at VBS and seeing all these guys bringing their, 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 their motorcycles in as props for the shop that we had in the, in the, in the chapel, I found myself midweek saying, Heather, I think I should get a motorcycle. And then I talked to someone and said, oh yeah, I used to have a bike. 
Uh, babe, I, I really do think may, maybe it's a good idea. I surrounded myself with guys who have motorcycles, and all of a sudden, I wanted a motorcycle. And I'm sure that after VBS wears off on me, you know, may I'll just go back to not even thinking about owning a motorcycle until I'm around guys that are riding their motorcycles and say, you should get a motorcycle. And I would say, yep, you're right. I should get a motorcycle. Who we surround ourselves has a profound effect in who we are or what we say or how we act or even how we dress. You know, sometimes I see young people and I think to myself, why are they wearing that? That's, that looks so silly, right? But then you look at the people that they're hanging out with and they're all wearing the same thing. So it makes sense. Well, of course, they've surrounded themselves in that environment. That's what makes sense. That's what makes them feel good. That's what makes them feel accepted. And so that's what they're going to do. The environment that we place ourselves in has a tremendous effect on us. Environment matters. And so the author here says to us, do not forsake, do not neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Because environment matters. And he goes on to say, as in the manner of ourselves, but exhorting one another. Now we've spent so much time talking about this, exhorting one another. What does that mean? To build one another up instead of tearing each other down. We've talked about how we can accomplish that in our homes. We've talked about how we can accomplish that in our marriage relationships or with our kids. The importance of building ourselves up, encouraging one another, exhorting one another, giving words of praise, giving words that build up instead of tear down. We've spent so much time on that. But exhorting one another, and listen to this, And so much more. In other words, he's saying here, especially, so much more, listen, as you see the day, capital D, the day approaching. Now, what day do you think he's talking about here? Of course, the second coming. The day where we see Jesus Christ face to face. And he says to us, listen, do not neglect Surround yourself in an environment. Surround yourself in an environment because environment matters, especially, he says, of that day. As you see that day approaching, well, you, the, more, the more you see that day coming, the more you need to assemble together. The more you need to come together. The more you need to spend time in, in small group Bible studies. The more time you need to spend in prayer groups. The more time you need to spend time with Christian believers, like-minded believers. The more time you need to spend in church. Now let me ask you a question. Are we closer? Can you sense the day of Christ now more than 10 years ago? Absolutely. I didn't even have to go 10 years ago, did I? How about a year ago? Do you sense it more now than a year ago? Absolutely. Maybe for some of us, we don't even have to go a year ago. How about a week ago? Some of you have gone through very difficult times in your life just this very week, and you see how the world around us is falling apart, and you're crying out and saying, God, please come. Your soon has to be near. It is eminent. And so we experience and we sense deep down inside that the day of his appearing is soon. The author of the book of Hebrews says, do not neglect. 
the coming together, the assembling together. Why? Because environment matters. The environment that you're in matters. And this is how I like to kind of phrase this, you see, because the the author of the book of Hebrews says to us, I do not want you to have a drive-through experience in church. What he's really telling us is, I want you to have a dining-in experience at church. Yeah, I don't want church to be for you a drive-through experience where you just kind of go once in a while and you just pull up in your car and, and you know, you kind of give the order, take the order, exchange the money, and then you're off down the road. And then when you're five down, five miles down the road, you realize, wait a second, my bean burrito has onions. I didn't like that experience. Therefore, I'm not going back. He doesn't want us to have a drive-through experience in church. He wants us to have a dining-in experience where you come and you sit. You put that napkin on your lap and you order the food and you interact with the people across the table from you. And in a weird, strange way, you're building a relationship with the restaurant and with the owner of the restaurant. He wants you to have a dining-in experience, not a drive-through experience at church. Talking about environments and how environments matter, you, you know how much money restaurants put into creating the right environment? Just making sure that the ambiance is just right so that you can come back even though the food isn't that good. And the food wasn't that good, but man, I sure did like the way I felt sitting there and it was nice and quiet and I, I just really enjoyed it. And there are some places where the food is phenomenal, but you hate the environment. And so you go, well, let's go down the street to, to such and such place. And you're like, man, they have great food, but I hate the place. I, I just don't like going there. Environment matters. And one of the things that we strive for here in this church is to create an environment, an environment where people want to come. An environment where people want to stay. In fact, our vision statement for our church is to create an environment where people can meet Jesus and sustain that relationship with Jesus and to build relationship with one another. That's the kind of environment we want to create here. Now, yeah, there's a long ways to go. We've come a long ways, but there's so much more that we can do. And you know that each and every one of us plays a role in creating that kind of environment, that kind of atmosphere where people feel welcomed, where they feel loved, where they feel like, man, you know what? I want to go back. Environment matters. And he's saying here, listen, don't neglect the coming together. Don't neglect that. Why? Because environment matters. When you come together, you will find a support group, a support system where one is weak, one is strong. And I've been on this journey long enough now to know that, that oftentimes that equation will flip, you know, where one is weak, one is strong. And if you're together long enough, you know, then it kind of shifts, right? And now, now the, this person is strong and this person is weak. And that is the intention that, that Christ had from the very beginning when he, when he died for the church, as the Bible says that we can find a place, a community, a family, that we can rely on one another, exhort one another, build one another up. And then he says, especially the closer you get to the end of time, the closer you get to that day, you need to spend more time 
because the environment that you're in matters. You know, I read a story about this baboon uh, tribe that kind of overtook some farmlands in, in Africa. And, and they were, the farmers were trying to figure out, what are we going to do with these baboons? They're eating our crops, and, and, and we need to do something about them because that's our livelihood. And, and so they came up with this plan. They devised this plan to put cages out in the field and put food in these cages. But you know baboons are pretty smart animals, and, and at first they wouldn't even go near the cages. But the cages just stood there, and pretty soon they got more and more comfortable with the cages, and pretty soon one baboon went inside one of the cages and then came right back out, and nothing happened. And so the next day, the same baboon goes in the cage and starts eating the food, and nothing happens. And so he backs out, and then the next day, several baboons went into several of the cages that were there. And nothing would happen, you see, because they hadn't connected the food to, to the mechanism that tripped the door. They wanted to get the baboons used to going into the cages. And pretty soon, after a few weeks, all the baboons were going into the cages, and they were in the cages eating their food, and the farmers then agreed, you know what? Tomorrow, we're going to attach the food to the mechanism that would drop the door. And sure enough, when all the baboons went into the cages the next day, the door came down. They got used to their environment. And as a result, they fell into the traps that were placed for them. Environment matters. And as individuals, we have to be spending more time in the family of God than outside of the family of God. God forbid that we spend so much time out in the world that we get used to and we get comfortable with all the traps that Satan puts out, and before we know it, the cage closes behind us. Environment matters. And this is why the author here is encouraging us. He is counseling us. It is so important that you come together, that you meet together, that you study together, that you pray together, that you have a dining-in experience with your church. And I know that your minds are racing right now. You're asking yourself, well, how can I get more involved? And maybe God is placing it on your heart that it's time for you to start a small group Bible study at home. Or maybe it's time for you to start a prayer group here at the church. How can I get involved? You know, tonight at 7.30, we have an awesome wrap-up, right, here at the church. That's a great opportunity to get involved. Maybe you're starting to think, you know what, maybe I need to start going to more church activities. When I hear about the VBS wrap-up or when I hear about a certain concert that's coming up or when I hear about a cooking class that's coming up or when I hear about a, a stress seminar clinic, you know, maybe I don't need that, but I need to spend time with other Christian believers. I need to recreate my environment because environment matters. So now that I've planted that seed, I want to share with you what today's message is really about. <laughs> now, I won't spend another 30 minutes, so don't be afraid. But I've planted that seed in your minds. Environment matters. And we all agree that environment matters. 
my friends, personally, in my humble opinion, this is the single most important reason why every one of our children needs to be in a Christian school. To me, the environment that we put our children in is the number one reason why every one of our children needs to be in a Christian school. Now, hold on for a second, because I know some of you are now just, just racing through your talking points, your ABC, one, two, three, all the reasons that I've come up with why our child can't go to Christian school, the academics or the money or this or that. And I know you're racing through that, but just, just stop for one second and hear me out. Let me ask you a very profound question here. Do you love your children? You do. Now, please don't leave here today and and say, I can't believe the pastor had the audacity to question whether or not I love my children because I'm sending them to public school. That is not what I'm saying. Because I know that you love your children. I know that you love them with everything that's within your being. You love them and you would do anything for your children. I know that. But every once in a while, our value system gets a little bit skewed. Our value system gets rearranged. And as your pastor, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to recalibrate your value system to make sure that first things are first. That you're putting at the top of your list the, mo- the things that are most important in your life. And to me, environment matters. To the author of the book of Hebrews, environment matters. And the closer we get to the end of time, the more we have to focus on the environment that we're putting our children in. Now, when I hear about some of the things that are taking place in our public schools, when I hear about some of the the activities and some of the, the, the teachings that are being taught in our public schools, it scares me. It horrifies me to think that our children are being placed in an environment for 30 plus hours a week in an environment that is trying to take Christ out of. The life we live. That's trying to take out the scriptures that we hold so true and so dearly. That's trying to take out the prayer life that we are encouraged to pray without ceasing. And I just think to myself, how can we be putting our children in a, a, a week, 30 hours, 30 plus hours a week in that kind of an environment? Environment matters. And there are a whole lot of excuses that you can come up with why Christian education isn't worth it, the academics, the money, the this, the that. But listen, I am telling you that it is a matter of life and death. And we need to to pay close attention to the environment that we're putting our children in. You know, I had the privilege, I had the joy of having gone through Christian schools all my life, from pre-K all the way through my master's degree, with the exception of two years, fourth grade and seventh grade. And that was because of transitional issues. We were moving from one state to the next. 
But my, my family came here to Cuba as immigrants with nothing, but, nothing with them but the shirts on their backs. And they managed to send my brother, my sister, and myself to school. Do you know why? Because it was important to them. Do you know why? Because they understood that environment matters. And where there is a will, there is a way. This church will bend over backwards to try and get your child into Christian education. Listen, there are times where I hear people say, you know what, we don't have the money. But if you were to take a look at your life and your finances, and if you were to take a look at what you're really spending your money on, and you were to maybe prioritize things just a little bit better, you would find that you would have plenty of money. Because you know what? My father... We drove junk cars, right? We couldn't afford a fancy car. He never went into debt to buy a car. He would buy what he could afford. And he would drive around a beater, but guess what? His child was in a good environment. My family did not go around putting stuff on the credit card, getting racking up credit card debt. You know why? Because a Christian education was more important to them than an LCD monitor, TV. Now, there were no LCD panels back then, but I'm trying to contextualize my message here. It's a matter of priorities. It's a matter of values. And that's what you pay me for. You pay me to be your pastor and to every once in a while come up here and say, this is important. This needs to be at the top of your list. This is a value that needs to be high up there where we put our children for 30 plus hours a week. Creation versus evolution. God's in control versus humanism that says man is in control. I mean, just go down the list. And then we wonder, we scratch our heads why our children are leaving the church. We need to put them in an environment where Christ is at the center of everything that goes on throughout the day. From the beginning of the school day with prayer and worship to prayer before quizzes and tests to Bible classes to, parent, to parents' involvement to teachers who long and desire to, to show their children a Christ-like character. On, I mean, on and on and on. That's the environment that we need to place our children in so that they can learn the ways of Christ, so that they can fall in love with the ways of Christ. You know, there is a great little promotional video that I'd like for you to check out. You can find it on, at the NAD website. You can go to nadeducation.org. Because one of the things I hear over and over again is the academics. The academics, you know, they're going to get a better education outside of, of Christian churches or Christian Adventist churches. Well, believe it or not, a, a tremendous study has just been done of some 30,000 students, 30,000 students, students that have gone through the Adventist Christian education. They looked at third and fourth grade, and they looked at 11th grade, and the findings are astounding. On average, when compared to the national average, Students who attend Adventist schools have a half a grade higher than those who go to public schools. Listen, 
we can find every excuse in the book why we can't. But can I just reedify that environment matters? It is important. The environment that we surround ourselves in, it is important. The environment that we put our children in. So will you take a little time to pray and to think about the importance of putting our children in Christian schools and consider Frederick Adventist School. You know, enrollment right now is about 97, and some of our classes are full, but you know, we could stand to fill some more up. And I really want to get to the point where our school is so full that the school is having to pressure the church to put an addition right there in the courtyard. Because we need to grow, we need to expand, because we are putting our children in the right environment. As you walk out of here today, there are many ways that you can apply today's message. You might not have children school age, but there's ways that you can apply today's message. Because you might be coming here today from a a home situation that isn't the best. You, you might be living in an environment that, that's constantly tearing down and, and tearing down. And you can now say, you know what? I need to be intentional about creating an environment at my home that is productive and one that is, is building up. You might be facing a bad environment at work. And you might need to consider, you know what, maybe it's time for a job change or, or maybe it's time for me to speak to a few individuals or, or maybe through my actions and my words, I can start to create a good environment at work. And there are some of you that do have children that are student age. Maybe you need to start considering and thinking about putting your child 30 hours plus a week in an environment where Jesus is the center Why? Because environment matters. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We're a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click on Sermon Audio.